As we light the Christ candle today, listen to these words from Isaiah chapter 9. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. Jesus Christ is our life and light. In his name and in his power, let us worship God. The mystery from which true godliness springs is great. Come and see. Jesus Christ appeared in the flesh was vindicated by the Spirit, was seen by the angels, was preached among the nations, was believed on in the world, was taken up in glory. May all the ends of the earth see the salvation of our God. Welcome to Worship Creston Church. We've been praying for you as you've been preparing for worship and gathering in all of your various watching and listening places. It is our prayer that each one of you will have an encounter with our living God. The good news for us today is that our living God is right here and he's there wherever you are. If this is the first time that you've joined us, we're so glad you came. You can find out more about Creston Church by visiting our website, CrestonChurch.org. Feel free to send an email if you'd like us to get in touch with you. Today is the second Sunday of Epiphany, as well as Baptism of Our Lord Sunday. You can find the order of worship in today's email. It contains everything that you'll need to participate fully in our worship service, including any responsive readings and to sing along with all of the singing. So be bold, speak out loud, and join in the singing. Even though we're in our various physical locations, God recognizes our corporate worship that we all together bring to him. Now, as we continue our worship, I invite you to stand in body or in spirit, to stretch out your hands perhaps as a visible sign of receiving God's greeting right along with everyone else who is watching and listening. Grace to you and peace from God our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to set us free according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. And all God's people say together, amen. Please join me for our morning prayer. God of majesty and light, you hold the whole world in your hand. So we give you our great praise that in Jesus Christ, all people may see your glory. We thank you for revealing Jesus to be your son and for claiming our lives in baptism to be his glad disciples. By your spirit, may peace descend upon us that we may follow him with grateful hearts. Take us and all we have to be useful in your service. God of all nations, in the gracious name of Jesus Christ, your Son, by the power of your Holy Spirit, we worship you now and forevermore. Amen. I want to walk as a child of the light. 
follow Jesus. God sent the stars to give light to the world. The star of my life is Jesus. In Him there is no darkness at all. The night and the day are both alike. The Lamb is the light of the city of God. Shine in my heart, Lord Jesus. I want to see the brightness of God. I want to look at Jesus. Clear sun of righteousness shine on my path. And show me the way to the Father. In Him there is no darkness at all. The night and the day are both alike. The Lamb is the light of the city of God. Shine in my heart for Looking for the coming of Christ, I want to be with Jesus. When we have run with patience the race, we shall know the joy of Jesus. In Him there is no darkness at all, the night and the The Lamb is the Lord of the city of God. Shine in my heart, Lord Jesus. Please join me in a prayer of confession. Almighty and merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you and one another in both our actions and our inactions. We recognize that in Jesus our light has come, yet often we choose to walk in the shadows and ignore the light. Gracious God, forgive our sins and remove from us the veil of darkness which shrouds our lives. Illuminate us by your word so we might shine with the radiance of Christ's glory. Amen. Today, the good news of our pardon in Christ comes from the Heidelberg Catechism's question and answer 56, which says, what do you believe concerning the forgiveness of sins? I believe that God, because Christ's satisfaction, will no longer remember any of my sins or my sinful nature, which I need to struggle against all my life. Rather, by grace, God grants me the righteousness of Christ to free me forever from judgment. Hearing these good words and knowing that our sins are forgiven in Christ, please hear this charge set before us from Romans 12, Verses 1 through 3. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, 
Do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. also includes our offering. As we've been just reminded once again of God's grace toward us, our best response is to offer our entire lives back to God. Offering money is just one very special way that we can do that. During these times of being apart, you may give your gifts using the postal system or our online giving process, making sure to clearly designate which causes you'd like your offerings to be shared with. The deacons are very pleased to acknowledge your faithful and continued giving to the ministries of Creston Church. They encourage you also to consider our special offerings that are listed in the Friday emails. Today's special offering is for Resonate Global Mission in support of Micah Sherman. Micah works for the Center, of, Center for Interdisciplinary Theological Studies where he is teaching biblical Hebrew courses in Spanish to pastors in Central America. He also lives in an intentional Christian community that reaches out to its neighbors and youth in their community. Our weekly offering is for the other ministries of our church and for our denomination, 
what God has called us to do as a church here in this neighborhood and city, and what God has called us to do all around the world. May God bless you as you give. Please remember to check the Friday email. It contains lots of information for you about our church family and the ongoing ministries of Creston Church. This week's edition contains these highlights, a survey from the reopening task force, information about the January meeting of Creston Church's council, a snow day extravaganza later this month, workshops hosted by Congregations Organizing for Racial Reconciliation, or CORE. There's a Right to Life Memorial taking place, information about the worship symposium that began this past week, and opportunities for our children and youth. May God bless you as you participate in fellowship opportunities and opportunities for mission and service on his behalf. Always feel free to share any prayer concerns with us so that we may hold you up in our prayers in our homes and include them in our worship prayers together. I'd like to share the prayer concern that we received this past week. When I say, Lord, in your mercy, please respond with, hear our prayer. This past week, Hope got results that her most recent scans were clear and negative for new cancer growth. She got the first dose of the COVID vaccine and was offered a new job as an infusion nurse. Drew and Hope are very thankful for each of these things as they provide them with some hope for this new year after a year that has been hard for them in so many ways. They thank God for his care and protection during this past year and are so grateful as they head into this new year. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. If we're willing to pay attention, we can see God at work in many ways. Be sure to share a God story by sending us an email or perhaps making a video so that we can share it with everyone else. Please join me in our prayers of the people. Gracious Father, you are Lord of our beginnings and our endings and all that lies in between. We praise you for how you have poured out upon us blessing after blessing, for how you have reached out to us for how you have come to us, for how you have spoken to us. Help us to live the faith you have given us. Lord, hear our prayer. Loving God, we thank you for how Christ Jesus came among us and identified himself completely with us, going so far as to take upon himself our sin, our suffering, and finally our death. Help us, Lord, to not hold back ourselves from identifying with him and with the church that he established. May we indeed be united with him in his death so that we might also share in his resurrection. Help us to commit ourselves to him and to the family he has called us to be a part of, to be members of his visible body here in this place, to be his disciples and his apostles, his evangelists and his teachers, his feet and his hands, his eyes and his ears, his light 
and his salt day by day. Lord, hear our prayer. Anoint all the people of your church, O God, that your will may be done and your name be glorified. Make us one as you are one, both those who are near and those who are far off. Lord, hear our prayer. Anoint our nation with peace from this past week's unrest and violence, healing from the pandemic, and love and respect for each other. Lord, hear our prayer. Anoint the grieving with your comfort, so that they may know your light even in the time of their deepest darkness. Lord, hear our prayer. Anoint the broken in body and spirit with your healing, so that they may know you are Lord of all their days, and so that they may praise you each day, no matter what it may bring. Lord, hear our prayer. Anoint the many people in ministries of Creston Church. Continue your blessing on Hope and Drew. Give your divine guidance to the many plans for our search for a pastor, worship, council meeting, and our various small groups. Anoint, O God, all those for whom we now ask in the silence of our hearts. Lord, hear our prayer. O God of infinite mercy, pour out your love upon us each day. We pray through Jesus, your anointed one, our Savior and Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our children have the opportunity every week to join in on their own regular time of children's worship via video. Let's share this blessing of God with them and with each other. The Lord be with you and also with you. It is our privilege to gather around God's word once again for our, during our worship time. We were, are going to be turning to the Gospel of Mark. Mark is in the New Testament second book. We begin with Matthew and then Mark. So I invite you to turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 1. Matthew, Mark chapter 1. We're going to begin reading at verse 4. Please join me in prayer. Eternal God, in the reading of your scripture, may your word be heard. In the meditations of our hearts, May your word be known. And in the faithfulness of our lives, may your word be shown. Amen. Mark chapter 1, beginning to read at verse 4. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins, 
they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Just a few weeks ago, we celebrated the birth of Jesus on Christmas Day. At some point during those days surrounding Christmas, most of us gave or received gifts as a reminder of God's great gift to us. Last April, we gave some consideration to Easter gifts that are described in the account of Jesus' appearances to his disciples, including Thomas in John chapter 20. Today, we'll discover some baptism gifts in Mark chapter 1. Throughout the Old Testament, the Jews were considered to be ceremonially clean by virtue of their covenant relationship with God and evidenced by their circumcision right after birth. They were not required to undergo any sort of cleansing rite, such as baptism. The word for baptism, the Greek word baptisma, means to dip fully or to plunge or to immerse. However, when Gentiles converted to Judaism, they had to embrace the tenets and doctrines of Judaism, and they had to be circumcised. And in addition, they had to undergo a ritual that had developed during the intertestamental period, a ceremonial bath of purification known as proselyte baptism. This rite of purification was administered to the Gentile converts because the Jews considered the Gentiles to be ceremonially unclean. Now, a few hundred years after this practice of baptizing or purifying Gentiles has been in place, John appears at the Jordan River, calling on the Jews to be baptized as well. Mark, along with Matthew and Luke, helps us to get a sense of where these events in our text take place. Here's where these places are on the map. The center red circle is in the desert region along the Jordan River, where John is preaching and baptizing. The circle down to the south shows the location of Jerusalem and the surrounding region of Judea, where People traveled 25 to 30 miles to see and hear this final Old Testament prophet. The circle up to the north shows the location of Nazareth in Galilee. 
This is where Jesus grew up, and now he comes to meet up with his cousin John at the Jordan River. The Jordan River runs through the wilderness or the desert. It's a difficult place to live and certainly challenging as a location for John to carry on his prophetic ministry. In the minds of the theologians and rulers of the day, John's call for Jewish people to present themselves at the Jordan River in the desert to be baptized was scandalous. John was directing that the Jews engage in a practice that was specifically designed for Gentiles only. As a result, the Jews of John's day really didn't give much thought to this idea of baptismal form of purification. They believed they already were pure. Here at Creston Church, we do celebrate the sacrament of baptism, this sign of the covenant of belonging to Jesus for all who believe in him. The words of Acts 2, verse 38 to 39, reminds us of our baptism. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, for everyone whom the Lord our God will call. We hear these words on those special celebration days. They're familiar to us. However, most other worship days do not include very many references to our baptism. Sure, the font is always in view, but it's not often that we call attention to this sacrament. Just like those Jews of John's day, baptism doesn't get a lot of focus usually. Here in Mark chapter 1, however, God shows us his gifts of baptism, three of them in this short passage. In verse two and three, once again, we hear the words of the prophet Isaiah, prepare the way. And in verse four, Mark tells us, here comes the preparer. He's out there in the desert preaching. John tells them plainly, they need to repent of their sins and be baptized. As we consider John's baptism, however, it's important that we understand that it is not equivalent to our New Testament understanding of baptism. There are many points of similarity, but the two are not the same. New Testament baptism goes beyond what was involved in and signified by John's baptism. This first gift, John's baptism, was a preparatory rite for the Jewish people as they waited for the coming Messiah. So its meaning was rooted and grounded in the Old Testament. It served as a bridge to the New Testament sacrament of baptism. John's baptism called the people to repentance. We've thought about this a few times during Advent. Repentance refers to that turning away from sin and committing to right living. The law of God, our conscience, the cleansing of water, the words of John the Baptist, all of these impressed upon the people their need to confess 
and to be cleansed from their sins. The stepping down into the Jordan River and then later stepping up out of it reminded them that the old sinful self must be buried so that those baptized might rise to newness of life. That word forgiveness means remission or sending away. It's a very comforting exp expression. It reminds us of Psalm 103, verse 12, as far as the east is from the west. When John baptized at the Jordan River, that water reminded the people that God's forgiveness was for them when they repented of their sin. A second gift of baptism that Mark describes is evident when Jesus goes down into the waters of the Jordan River, just like everyone else that day. You might wonder though, since Jesus was sinless and the water of baptism symbolized the removal of sin, how then was it possible for Jesus to submit to this baptism, this cleansing? Jesus didn't need to repent and he didn't need forgiveness. Lots of answers have been given to that question. The most simple one may very well be the very best. Jesus did, after all, have sin, namely ours. As Jesus went down into that water, he carried the weight of our sin on himself. That water symbolized the washing away of our sin. The baptism of Jesus gives us a visible assurance of the salvation that he came to offer to everyone who believes in him. If there was any doubt about the significance of Jesus' baptism, pay attention to what happens when Jesus comes up out of the water. Jesus hears a voice, the voice of his Father. As Jesus the Son takes on that heavy burden, the guilt of the sin of all humanity, his father, his Abba, his daddy says, you are my son, I love you. I'm so pleased with what you are doing for my children. In addition to that voice, Jesus sees an amazing sight to mark this significant event. The sky rips open and the spirit comes down upon Jesus gently, like a dove. As Jesus begins this challenge of bearing the sin of all humanity, the Father and the Holy Spirit are right there with him, encouraging him, present together as the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Two baptism gifts so far, forgiveness, and assurance of salvation. The third gift is promised by John in verse 8 of our text. I'm baptizing you with water, John says, but this one who is more powerful than I am is going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. 
William Hendrickson describes this baptism this way. Jesus will cause his spirit and the spirit's gifts to come upon his followers, to be poured out on them, to fall on them. Now it is true that whenever a person having been drawn out of the darkness into God's marvelous light is baptized, he is baptized with the Holy Spirit. However, according to Christ's own words in Acts 1, remembered by Peter in Acts 11, in a special sense, this prediction was fulfilled on the day of Pentecost and the era which it introduced. John told his disciples in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. Power. A little over a year ago, quite a few people from classes Grand Rapids North attended a conference called Growing the Church in the Power of the Holy Spirit. In the book by the same title, this baptism of the Holy Spirit is described this way. The heart of being baptized with the Holy Spirit is allowing ourselves to be immersed into the enabling, empowering activity of the Spirit. Spirit baptism is a shift away from our own effort of leading or of working for God. And instead, we let the Holy Spirit lead us as active partners in cooperation with the Holy Spirit, Father and Son. The third baptism gift that Jesus gives us is the power of the Holy Spirit. Power. Three baptism gifts. Forgiveness that is ours when we repent or turn from our sin. The assurance of salvation that is ours because Jesus took on our sin as symbolized when he went down into the waters of the Jordan River. And the power of the Holy Spirit. Forgiveness, salvation, power of the Holy Spirit. We really can't wrap any of this up in a package. But we can repent. We can be assured of our salvation. And we can live in and cooperate with the power of the Holy Spirit. These baptism gifts are ours to celebrate, to enjoy, and to use all throughout our lives. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, gracious and merciful, you anointed your beloved Son with the Holy Spirit at his baptism in the Jordan, and you consecrated him prophet, priest, and king. Pour out your Spirit on us again, that we may be faithful to our baptismal calling, ardently desiring the communion of Christ's body and blood, and serve the poor of your people and all who need your love. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen.
My friends, we've come to the conclusion of our time of worship corporately. We do continue our worship in all of our lives. But as we leave this formal time of worship, I invite you to be prepared to receive God's parting blessing. Perhaps you'd like to stand in body or in spirit. Stretch out your hands to receive this blessing from God. May the Holy Spirit of God, who at Jordan's riverside descended upon the Father's well-loved Son, Jesus Christ, and empowered him to obey God's will, now rest upon you. May the Spirit give you courage and strength to turn away from sin, to obey God's will, and to proclaim the coming reign of God. May the triune God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you and keep you always. Amen.